You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. The podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to this bonus episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. This is episode number three of Quarantine and Chill the podcast series that I'm doing to check in on our disabled folk on how they're feeling about COVID-19 and making sure that you have a friendly, sexy voice to guide you through these uncertain times of quarantine, social distancing, and self-isolation. So this is episode number three. I am doing these episodes every Friday along with the regular episodes on Thursday, and this week I sit down with a former guest of the show, my friend Dick Wound, as we talk about how COVID-19 will affect his ideas of kink, will affect his life as somebody with, who had a heart attack at 30, who kind of has chronic heart failure, I guess you could say, there's really no name for what he has, but how will contracting COVID-19 affect that, his views on mortality and disability that have always been there but are more heightened now as a result of COVID-19, and we have a really kind of deep conversation about this with my good friend and host of the Off the Cuffs podcast and former guest here, Dick Wound. So I'm going to play the interview in a minute. If you want to come on an upcoming episode of Disability After Dark regular or quarantine and chill. You can email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. You can put in the subject line, hey, I want to be a guest for your regular show, or put in the subject line, quarantine and chill. And I want to hear from you because, yet again, we're not hearing from enough disabled people about this, so your voice is key. So enjoy this bonus episode of Quarantine and Chill, and uh, we'll, we'll hope you enjoy it. And, um,. And uh, stay safe, stay comfy, cozy, and quarantined, friends. Here's the episode with my friend Dick Wound, right now on part three of Quarantine and Chill, brought to you by Disability After Dark. Dick Wound, hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. I'm so happy to have you on this bonus episode of Disability After Dark that I'm releasing every Friday during the pandemic because why the fuck not we got all this time right so <laughs> thank you so much for coming on quarantine and chill episode three um i know it's a really clever name i stole it from somebody on twitter uh so thank you so much for coming on the show you've been a, a past guest of mine um mm. and you are the owner of the jukebox podcast network yeah um, where my podcast is housed. So it's almost <laughs> like sort of talking to my boss, but not really. Uh, no. <laughs> Don't call me your boss. But unless it's unless that's like hot for you, then sure you can call I me mean, your boss. I mean, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm all right with it. It's fine. Um so first of all, I want to ask you how are you doing during all this quarantining and chilling? How are you how did how's it going for you? Um it's interesting because well, I, I had like a bit of like a like a health scare a couple of months ago and I ended up in the hospital and um, it was just one of those things where it happened and then I fell behind on work, uh, work being like all the podcast stuff. Uh, one of my shows being there, I like almost completely ran out of recordings for and then had a panic attack a few weeks ago like oh my god I don't know what to do and uh, and then fell behind a little bit on off the cuffs also. But I've been like, so for about two months now, I've been a complete shut in 
and I've just been doing nothing but editing and working and catching up and trying to rebook guests. And like, I haven't, I haven't left. The, it's, it's like I've been in quarantine for about two months anyway. So it's, it's not really a huge life shift for you then? The, the, the life shift has not really happened for me other than until this past week when sort of the rest of the world shut down as well. Now, uh, all of my housemates, I live with four people who I almost never see. I'm now locked down. with, <laughs> And so until that happened, I was like, Oh, like my life used to be isolation and privacy. And now it's isolation and none of that. Oh dear. Oh, <laughs> and so how are you, how are you dealing with like all the people around you all the time? I mean, it's all right. I mean, two of them live in like a, like in the upstairs part of the house and I live in the downstairs part. So it's not horrible. Like I, I just, I hear them, I hear them stomping around and like, you know, it's like more just like, uh, like please leave so I can like, you know, focus on something. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't even thinking that, but sure. But, uh, but then also like, you know, my partner has been like shut in with me, which is, which is fine and fun. And, you know, she's been making me uh, 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 delicious food, which you just got to watch me eat. I did just get to watch you eat for five minutes before we record, so I'm here for that. Yeah. Um, uh, so just to give the audience a bit of a, a refresher on who you are and what you do, can you talk to me about, well, both who you are and what you do and also like how your disabilities impact your day-to-day life and what they are? Shh. Sure. So my disability is weird because it doesn't really have like a, a, a very easily discernible like name. I just like I suffer from like having a, a weak heart uh, and many complications that come along with having a weak heart. Uh, it's I, I for those that that may remember me from uh, the episode I was on, I believe it was called Fuck Me Till My Heart Stops. Uh <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite episodes (laughs) of the whole series yes yes yeah i had um a heart attack when i was 30 and uh, it it, you know both my parents have uh just bad hearts in general and like that they didn't have heart attacks when they were young uh but they were just i guess i was like compromised from the from the start of it you know they like each side had had issues so uh, you know, I kind of was living life as like a dirty punk kid, just like, yeah, whatever. Like I'll be good till I'm 50 and then I'll, then I'll have to start worrying about my heart problems. And now I turned 30 and bang, like massive heart attack. And, and, uh, what was weird is that I didn't present with like, you know, classic symptoms. I didn't have like pain in my chest or in my arm or, you know, anywhere. I didn't have pain at all at first. Uh, so for about 12 hours, I didn't realize I was having a heart attack, uh, and my heart was slowly dying during that process and, uh, becoming kind of irreparably, uh, damaged to a point where it was like irreparable. Uh, so I've, I lost a lot of heart function and that changed my life in a lot of ways where, you know, at first it was like, even just like food, like I can't eat certain foods. I couldn't, uh, climb a flight of stairs. It, like I, there was just so many limitations. Me neither. And then it, me neither. Yeah. Well, yeah. For different for for different reasons. Sorry if that seems insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I was just trying to make a bad joke and it worked. Um, well, no. I mean, you know, it's funny because I think about I think about things like how you don't realize things until you're in a position sometimes, and that's like you know part of that privilege that comes along with like being ignorant and I mean I talked with you about this privately about being like oh I didn't even want to call myself disabled for the longest time because you know there's no name for what I have I just I live with like heart failure like basically like I'm, I'm constantly on the verge of uh you know possibly dying so <laughs> <laughs> and like we've, we've talked about it on the show before but even just listening to you now is like oh man like I forget and because you're so like jovial all the time well at least with me, you're jovial. Like you're like funny, and you make you're sardonic, and you're sarcastic. So like I forget sometimes that you live with like very serious disabilities. Yeah, I mean, I tend to be like very jokey and lighthearted about it. No pun intended. Uh, but <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, that's just how. I mean, you know, that's kind of how, I don't know if I necessarily want to say that's how I cope with it. It's just like, that's my coping mechanism that fit my personality best, I guess. And, and, you know, it's like, I, if I can't laugh about, 
you know, my mortality. Uh, what am I going to do? Like cry about it all the time? I don't know. And I and I don't. And you know what? There are people out there. Well, who are I mean, in I'm listening where, to you, but like, have you cried about it? Have you been? Oh yeah, no. I mean, that's the stuff. That's you know, and that's the stuff that you know I, I i went through for a few years after the initial incident and you know there was a lot of tears a lot of frustration a lot of uh suicidal ideation like am i even worth like you know because at the time i was in a lot worse physical shape in terms of like my recovery because because of the heart damage it takes my body a lot longer to recover from things than than um you know someone who's who's you know, has a healthy heart. So yeah, no, I went through a lot of physical and psychological stuff in the beginning. And, um, I don't know. It's just like, it's just one of those things I have, like, I guess I have like what you would call a dark sense of humor anyway. And I don't mean (laughs) that in like the way of like, Oh, like I want to just be offensive. Like, I mean that and just like, you know, I, I can see humor in the dark side of things. I mean, I've said this to you before. I've said this to you privately and on the show. I'm sure I said it when we first recorded. But, like, you are the, you are such a sweet person. But if you didn't know that about you, like, you wouldn't think that from, like, your – from just seeing you and from, like, from any of your social stuff. Like, you don't get the sense of that. But then when you talk to you for five seconds, you're like, oh, he's the nicest guy ever. Like, he's so kind. But you don't <laughs> – like you, and you're also a very tall, like big person, so you don't have this like. I don't look gentle. Yeah, you don't. Like, yeah. You look very hard, and so you're not. You aren't that person. So like, it's just funny to hear you talk about how like you know, you. You tr- you're like trying to figure out do do I be sad? Do I be happy? Like how do I navigate all this? Um, what other disabilities other than having a weak heart do you have, or do you? Have um, well, I mean, I have I have some like some minor problems with uh, I, I say minor. I have some I have some like lower back issues that I've had since I was a teenager. Um, and, and, and that's not always as debilitating as it could be. But then there's times where um, I've put on like a lot of weight since my heart issues uh, started because I, I can't be as active. So I used to be like really skinny and like, and not to say that like that meant I was healthier or anything like that, Did but you like, you see my face. I was like, I, I don't know if I can picture, I could send you a picture of skinny. Uh, yeah. Day. Please text, text <laughs> that to me. Whatever, like text it to me later. Cause I'm confused, but, uh, yeah. no, I've put on like a ton of weight though. And like, it's like, it's due to like, I can't, I used to, I used to run around like a maniac and like, you know, I just, and, and, and like, it wasn't necessarily that I was like, healthier when I was thinner it was just that I was more active so I guess I burned off more calories and like, yeah. now I'm like I can't I can't run like running is not a thing I can do my heart gets too it pumps too hard and I'll pass out like um so it, you know it's it's not like uh anyway I don't know I'm, I guess I'm just trying to not be like uh, I'm not trying to put value to the fact that like oh I used to be thin like it's no, just no. a fact of the matter is is that I've gained a lot of weight since my uh, heart issues, and I completely forgot why the fuck I was even talking about that. Now <laughs> we were talking. Well, we were talking about like the other disabilities you have, and because I'm oh, wanna- yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, so since I've put on the weight, though, it's been like a little bit harder on my on my like lower back, and like uh, I spent a couple of months kind of laid up with uh with uh inflamed discs and and whatnot. But but that that kind of comes and goes, and it's it's less of a a daily thing that I deal with. But the the heart issues are more the, I guess, the focus of what's what's wrong with me, if you will. And so, just before we get into the COVID stuff, because because you're on you know quarantine and chill, but but so like the doctors, <laughs> they they don't. There's no name for it. There's just you're in like. Chronic. Well, so yeah, so I have like I have like heart disease. I guess you I guess you would say, but like it's it's so. It's I have so many symptoms and uh problems that kind of contradict what normal um patients go through so okay so after the the heart attack like i lost a decent portion of like function of my heart like a portion of it's just dead now it's just kind of scarred tissue and so um i'm all i'm prone to uh both a and v uh, fib which you know uh, people typically have one or the other not both at the same time uh, so I have a internal defibrillator a pacemaker 
and I'm on medication for, you know, like a bunch of these things. But, uh, uh, it's 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 rare that people have both of those things at the same time. On top of that, I get pericarditis uh, frequently, uh, or at least recurring, I should say. It's been less frequent lately, which has been nice. But that is when the sac around your heart, the pericardial sac, uh, becomes inflamed, and it starts to crush your heart. And there's no... It's rare that people get pericarditis recurringly. Like, like... It'll often happen to people, but then it, it happens once and then it goes away. Uh, and so there's not a lot of study on when it happens to someone over and over and over again as to why that is. Right. So so I have two very odd, you know, symptoms and, and things that happen. And and the, the weirdest thing about it is that uh, I, the, one of the doctors that I saw for a long time after he's retired now, but he was, uh, a very good, you know, doctor he, about, uh, around, uh, heart issues. Like that was his specialty. And he was like, there's no reason why this should be happening. Like based on the heart attack should not have tri- triggered this. Like there's no like physiological reason as to why it happened because my heart is damaged to a point where I'm right on the border of like almost like needing a new heart versus not like the, it kind of grades on a point system. So you shouldn't have like, had it anyway. It shouldn't have ever. Happened. I'm just, I'm, I'm basically in a spot where there's not a lot of people that are in the same position and there's not enough data that they can say like, Oh, this is why this happened. So there's because they don't have enough data and because you're like an anomaly almost, there's like no really way they can help you because they don't, they have no, there's it's kind yeah the 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 new cardiologist that I have is is kind of great but he he's like you know he I really like him because a lot of doctors that I've seen over the years were they wouldn't listen to me like they would look at the symptoms and they'd be like well this is the blah, blah, and they they would I would tell them what was going on and they'd be like well that doesn't make sense or blah, 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 you know yeah. and this guy this guy like listens to me like I'm like oh this is happening and he takes it very seriously and you know he, he, it, it's it's really nice and, and I could talk to him very candidly uh, and and it's just funny because I was I was after our initial like meeting where I first became his patient he like literally looked at me and was just like you are a fucking mystery <laughs> and he was like I'm fascinated with you and I was like thanks I guess <laughs> that's kind of awesome though like yeah to have the, the canon conversation with you with your cardiologist um, yeah and I think I found the title for this episode if I don't call it quarantine and chill canon conversations with your cardiologist <laughs> um um so we've established pretty well that you're you're a disabled person I would say and you you have chronic illnesses and you have all those things so so because of that as somebody with chronic illness, slash disability, slash a broken heart, slash a dead heart. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about all this COVID stuff? So I am very, like, it's it's bad if I get any kind of, like, infection or even, like, the common cold. If I get, like, a cold, it takes me a lot longer to get better than it, than you know, a, typically a person would, or even the way that I used to before any of the stuff happened. So like, you know, sometimes people get a cold and it lasts for a week. If, for me, that could be five weeks of me feeling sick. And, you know, cause every, like your immune system, everything, you, you know, your body, so it, it all works because your, your heart is pumping blood through your body and my heart doesn't do that properly. So even down to things like, just like, regulating my body temperature all the time like I need to kind of be in a comfortable room temperature always because my body my heart doesn't work hard enough to regulate my temperature so if I go out in the cold I actually turn purple now uh like I'll like my my heart my toes are purple all the time yeah yeah my entire body will, yeah, it's just because it might, like my, my heart can't keep up with trying to warm me up. And on the other side of that is if I go out and it's too hot, I will, uh, uh, my vision will completely blur and then I'll pass out. Like I'll overheat it. Like I'll, I'll succumb to heat exhaustion like very quickly. Um, so, so getting any kind of like sickness is like harder on me. And now, you know, with this, it's like something that's new. It's something they don't have a lot of, you know, data on in terms of like the general population. So in terms of someone like me, 
who there's not a lot of data on what's going on with my heart to begin with. I have to be really careful when, you know, when anything happens. So I am kind of in the camp of people that's like, oh, if you get this, you might be dead. So I'm like really trying to distance myself and avoid, uh, you know, exposure. Yeah. I mean, we're in the same boat. I mean, I, I, I looked up on the CDC the other day and my disability is one of the ones that's high risk. So I remember seeing that and being like, well, I guess I'm staying home for the next four months. Cause like, yeah, cause I don't want to get it. And so did you, when you first heard about it, did you, as an immunocompromised person, did you, were you scared? Was there, was there uneasiness? Is there, has there been a fear around that? I mean, like, yes, in, in terms of like, um, like my uh, my spidey sense was tingling, if you if you will. Like I was kind of like uh, when when it, like before all of this, when it just just when the first talkings of it of people coming down with some new sickness happened, I you know my ears perked up a little bit and was like, you know, oh that's something that you're gonna have to maybe look out for because I'm like hyper aware of you know like little changes within my body, like I said temperature things like that. Like I'm and and I don't let it, I don't. I don't get to a point where I like work myself up and I'm like panic about it, but I just, I, I'm like, Oh, be aware of that. So, you know, even before all of the, the quarantining and the self isolation and social distancing started, I was aware that like, Oh, something's going around that like could be deadly. So like keep yourself, uh, uh, you know, safe from that. And I was already, like I said, I was kind of already in a position of self isolation because of like being behind on work. So I was like, not super worried about it, but I was, but I was also like, Hey, be precautious. And then as things progressed, of course, that, that became a little bit more, uh, you know, it came to the forefront of my mind more and more. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Like I, I'm the master of self-isolation and not really doing anything and just kind of hanging out at home. So I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't initially concerned, but as you say, like when things got worse and things started progressing and people didn't know what to do and like, and also, I live in a healthcare setting where somebody has to take care of me. So I was, I'm constantly like, "Did you wash your hands? Have you are you wearing gloves? Do you have a mask?" Like I'm, I'm hyper, hyper vigilant of like, you have to, I have to be aware of this. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely know. I mean, I've been to your place. I know how you live. So I, I can imagine like being extra. Uh, um, what's the? I don't want to. I'm not trying to. Not scared, but. Um, uh, like hyper vigilant of your, you own, know, care workers, own, and also my and, own mortality. Like also my own like, if, yeah. I, if I get this, and I was just saying to somebody on another podcast like an hour ago, if I get this, me going to the hospital or you go to the hospital, like they wouldn't know how to help us because we're already disabled. And usually, when you're a disabled person, you enter a medical space, they generally don't know how to help you. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's that's horribly true <laughs> yeah um i wanted to ask you kind of a question about this but sort of around it um what is some of the best and worst parts of social distancing for you um it's weird like oh wow i don't know because i'm i'm kind of a i Wow, that's really hard to answer. I really, think, I thought it was gonna be one of the easiest questions on the sheet, but all right. No, well, because it's because like, well, like I said, like you know, I've I've already been sort of like distancing myself anyway, and it's been for other reasons, like you know, focusing on on work, and like aside from the fact that for the past two months I've been behind and kind of locked in, like I'm kind of a a person who, who, I mean, like I used to go out and do things too, but I was more of a, Hey, like you run a small business with like, you know, there's like a few podcasts that you record and edit and do other like things for like I, being like a small business owner, if you will, it is like very time consuming. So I don't have that much of a social life during like a regular part of my life that and then like you know being behind and trying to catch up notwithstanding and now a quarantine on top of that so it's weird because i'm like you know i don't know how much of the social distancing has affected me personally in terms of that just because yeah i mean like i said it's it's i'm less social now that i've been doing 
you know, the job that I've been doing for the past few years, I already work from home, you know, things like that. It's, 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 it's interesting. Like, so it's, it's, it's weird and like hard to answer. Cause I, I've actually had a couple of people hit me up and say like, Oh, how are you like holding up in this? And I'm like, I haven't really noticed that much of a difference to be honest. Like, uh, uh, one thing that's like notably funny. I was, I was saying this to Lexi the other day as I was, I was actually scrolling through, uh, Instagram and just looking at like, I guess like memes that people have been making of things. And it's like, and, and like, I, I forget there was one that was like a, it was like a quilt that said like gather or something like that. And then like someone had put like, not today, Karen, or like shut up Karen above it or something. And I was like, I like looked at it and I chuckled and I was like, I don't know if I find this funny because like it's a dumb joke or if like the world is falling apart now. And like, I think it's my a little cynical, bit about my my cynical side is like is like weirdly like like haha watch like like look at people's like like desperation and trying to make you know and not 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 to be like not in a mean way but in like a I'm already kind of a weird social outcast so I'm like haha like welcome to my fucking game like type I'm of- even doing this. <laughs> 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 like, get ready for the weird because I'm already doing it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that really answers what you were trying to ask, but like, it's it's just like I said, it's been. I think the self reflection of how not different it is for me is what I find kind of amusing about it, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, because it's so not different, it's almost like normal. But then the, you you want you are seeing the rest of the world like catch up <laughs> yeah catch up to what we've been doing forever Do, yeah. is there is there like because of you've already kind of been an introvert and you've already done this for a while is there a comfort in watching everybody else kind of catch up to this um i don't i don't necessarily think there would be a comfort no i wouldn't say a comfort i think it's i think it's interesting seeing like I guess who is uh, this sounds very judgy, but I guess like I guess seeing people's like self-sufficiency versus like their need for validation, if that makes sense. And I and I'm, I'm trying to say that and not have it sound like as a judgment a value judgment against someone for needing something because like I'm not saying like if you need something, you're weak or anything like that. It's just. It's interesting. What you're seeing, saying is that like people like people can be resilient when they really have to be. It's interesting seeing the difference between people who were already, I guess, resilient and like the resilience that people are now having to uh, um, fold into their lives. And it's and and like I said, it's it's less of a value judgment and just more of a like, oh, that's interesting. It's interesting seeing someone who I'm like, oh, I know you're normally this way, and now you're this way, and and uh, it's just like it's just. It's interesting. Yeah. I guess that's that's really the only way to put it. See, I would say there is a level of comfort for me in watching the world kind of kind of catch up to to what I've already been doing because it's like, wow, now I can take a breath. Fingers crossed I'll be able to take a breath for a while, but I can take a breath, you know, for an extended period of time and and not have to worry about rushing to meet able-bodied standards. I can kind of just be like, okay, we're all we're all Everybody's on disability time now a little bit, so we can all. I can don't have to rush that thing because it doesn't matter. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that being a thing. I it, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, and so, so is there any part of social distancing that you hate right now? That you're like, oh fuck. Um, I think. I think the thing about it that's going on and i sort of said this already before is that like i'm now because of social distancing i am now less distant from other people that are like in the house with me (laughs) and so it's just more of a a mild like hey let me go back to being my hermit instead of us all hermiting together like Yeah. (laughs) yeah um and because you are a kinky fucker and that's how i know you i need to ask this question how has all of this stuff affected the way you look at sex now? Um, well, I don't know if it's changed the way that I look at sex as much. Well, I guess it's interesting. I was, um, 
I was I was hit up by someone uh, the other day to do a um, an audio recording of a of of like basically like audio porn for somebody, uh, and they had, they had, they had yeah they had pitched me this this sort of like fantasy that I guess they 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 have and they like the sound of my voice, so they asked they were like oh I would love it if you did this thing or whatever and I. I hit them back up and I was like, okay, like, let's talk about it. And we, we negotiated for about two hours and then I did a couple of like little test recordings and then I, and then I wrote out basically like a 20 ish page like outline. And then I just between like 1am and 5am the other day, I just sat out in my garage and I, and I did this thing and, uh, and, and I sent it to them and, and it was cool because it started off as a thing that was sort of like veering on the side of maybe like sex work where, cause I do like night flirt and things like that. So I'm, fam- I, you know, I do, I do, you know, sex work and I yeah, do videos. And, giant flub. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but, but what was interesting is it started off as being someone requesting something and I was sort of approaching it from a, Oh, as a content creator, a smutty content creator thing. But as it went on and I developed it and then did it and have been talking to the person, it felt a lot more like an actual like kink scene, just us being in two different states. So and and in different sets of isolation. So it was kind of interesting to be like, oh, I experienced this thing that was just different from what I'm used to, but still really cool and kind of connective in a way i felt i felt like really good about it afterwards like yeah yeah. i mean i think this whole thing is gonna change the way we look at sexuality and i was talking to aaron pym from the bedpost podcast for her show literally just an hour ago about the same thing and we both said like yeah it's gonna change things in a really weird way but also could change things for the better yeah yeah and like bringing people together it's like through audio mediums and through like different mediums to express sexuality is again, something that disabled people have been doing for fucking ever to try to access sexuality. So like maybe now that'll become mainstream too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. Like, I guess you could have a couple of different ways to view, not just that, but also even like sex work in general. And, and, you know, cause like sex work spans like, you know, in person versus like online fantasy fulfillment, stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see the long-term effects of, uh, you know, an area of people's lives that is highly stigmatized in a lot of ways. And if that's going to be something that becomes more normalized and less, you know, looked down upon for like, oh, I'm going on the internet to fulfill this fantasy or whatever. Like, and, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking that like, oh, this is going to make everyone be accepting of sex work and sex workers and blah, blah. But I think that it's, it definitely opens up people to empathize with, you know, people in our position or in their position or whatever position that, you know, it is that they don't, they didn't before understand. And now they're seeing it, you know, we're seeing things all over now where people are like, oh, dating apps, people are talking on dating apps all the time now because they're not going out and dating. And, you know, it's like, it's not hard to draw the parallels between that and, and like, say something more along the lines of sex work. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I do hope that it, opens up a conversation more about sex work and how important it is for yeah. our for our world and how necessary it is and how it's been happening whether we want to realize it or not it happens all the time so what I guess what I'm scared about though just in thinking about it like we're putting ourselves more on these public platforms now and because everything is, has to be digital like do I want Apple to know that I just jerked off for somebody and then send them a, like <laughs> do I want Microsoft to be aware of that I don't know like it's it makes well me- it, you know you could you could you could you could think of it that way you could go like the conspiracy theory route of oh now Google knows what I'm fucking doing blah blah, blah or whatever but then the other side of that is don't they fucking aggregate all that info and just fucking uh, uh, don't they just care about the clicks anyway so like if you're talking about jerking off and it gets fucking you know you know, two thousand people to listen to it to their platform. Do they give a shit what you just said? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean that's very, that's so true. Also, I'm wearing a catheter right now, so I can't jerk off. So that's not <laughs> happening. But yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying. 
Right. I, yeah. I just say it does make me think about how digital platforms are going to have to be ready for the influx of this kind of stuff and how they're going to manage that going forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen anything like any platforms that have been overwhelmed by, you know, a mass flooding of, you know, not being able to handle it. But I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe there has been and I just I'm not aware of it yet. But I, I, I don't see digital platforms being something that would be like compromised by it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, so you're also kinky as fuck because you just are and you're the host of a kink podcast. How we kind of touched on this a minute ago when you talked about the the, the scene you just did with somebody um, digitally. But how do you think COVID-19 will affect your kink? Um, well, I mean, I have I don't have like a ton of in-person play partners at the moment to begin with. Um, you know, I, there's like a handful of people that I, that I, that I play with, but a lot of them are long distance partners that they kind of travel every once in a while to, you know, to stay here for like a week or whatever. And then we play and then they go away and they, you know, they have their partners at home or whatever. And I mean, I guess it's hard to say how it's going to affect any of that to, you know, until, I guess some of this stuff like slows down and like things get back to some sort of normalcy. I don't know if they'll be normal, but like, you know what I mean? Um, and, and to see like, Oh, is it, you know, is it possible to still engage in relationships like that with something like this out there? Is it in, you know, and I, and, and again, like it's new and there's not a lot of, you know, as much as we know about it, there's so much more that we don't know yet. And it's until that, until that comes out and there's more preventative measures or things or, you know, a vaccine or, or some kind of any, any kind, you know, until there's something like, I I think it's kind of impossible to even assume how things like that are going to change. But again, I don't have, you know, 10 play partners in my area. You know, I have, I have, you know, the one that I live with and then like one or two other people that are close to here, uh, that are like local to my area that, that, you know, we right. do stuff and then and then another bunch of them that are all over the country. And, and like I said, it's, you know, oh, I see them, you know, once every couple of months or once a year, or, you know, four times a year, six. You know, it, it, it really depends. I kind of remember you saying in our in the first episode we recorded together, which was feels like fucking forever ago. I feel like you mentioned to me you have a bit of a medical fetish. Don't, isn't that something that you mentioned? Yeah, well, it, there's 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 a lot of a lot of them, but but <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, medical themed things definitely come into it, and uh, yeah, I guess my <laughs> where are you going with that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going with well, a lot of us right now have to wear or feel it necessary to wear masks and wear gloves and wear a lot of medical stuff to protect ourselves from COVID. Is there? And this is a totally tangent question that I did not write down or did not. Is there is there like a small part of you that's like mm, I like this? Like, are you, does it turn you on to see people in gloves and a mask? Um, I think it has to be kind of like contextualized into something that already is of parallel interest. Like, just seeing someone in a mask and gloves isn't going to be like, oh yeah. But you know, I mean, like, it's like there there has to be some sort of context or other. I guess attraction there to begin with, That's but fit. no, cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you know, if there's if there's more of a chance that I'm gonna be like, oh, that cute person over there now has on a fucking pair of you know black nitrile gloves, like sure, like <laughs> <laughs> so sexy people who want to turn dick on just just get a pair of sexy black nitrile gloves and do some cam porn, folks. Because yeah. what- I've I've seen some interesting uh, uh, things. I've, I've been perusing uh, uh, clips for sale. I can't afford to buy porn right now, but I've been bookmarking stuff for when I can again. Um, and and uh, there's been some some interesting videos that are being made in this time where people are either uh, threatening to infect someone. Uh, okay. <laughs> or uh, the other thing is is like being quarantined together and having some weird domination about that 
with that being like the 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 aspect behind it and i was like oh these those seem kind of interesting i might have to pick up like one or two of those and see just where it goes yeah yeah um so i want to i want to kind of go back to the medical side of covid and your disabilities and your experience what is is there part of this the real this whole thing as somebody who's chronically ill and has disabilities and has all that stuff, is there part of this that really scares you about this like if if you were to contract COVID with what you have um what do you think about around that um it's really hard to answer because like it's where it is like I guess a concern there isn't as much fear around it see I I've, I've already like this is gonna sound like dark but I already have like resigned myself to the fact that like I know I'm not going to live as long as like most of the people I know. Oh yeah. I forgot about that dark part of you. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, this is like a really like nebulous subject to like, like uh, to talk about because it's, uh, I don't know for, okay. So for context, like, like the, the amount of damage that my heart has, there's no real set, like, I don't have like a time on my life where it's like, Oh, you only have like six months to live or whatever. Like, it's not like that, but, but I've been told like, Oh, like the heart function that you would need later in life isn't there. Like it's not going to be there. So So you've kind of had to resign yourself to the fact that by the time you're like 60, it could be over. I I'm like my, 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 uh, my projection to its best based on like, doctor's opinions and just such is that sometime between like 50 and like 60 tops I won't be here anymore and like so so I personally have decided that with with a with a, with a range like that I'm gonna lowball it and say 50 because that way like I'll make sure I get enough like done before then that you know if I make it to 60 great but you know if i if i don't like i'm i'm set and like and this is all like this is all taking aside like the fact that i could get hit by a bus like you know tomorrow yeah. or or like or things like that but like you know i have a general idea of my mortality and uh you know i tend to try to plan my life around not being here as long as i like i i, I don't like think about it and worry about it but like so like Lexi works on off the cuffs now. And like when we, when we started the show, it was just me and Max and like, you know, one of the big reasons that I didn't have bring Lexi on as a co-host when she, when she first moved here was because, um, I didn't want it to be like, Oh, like, you know, I'm just bringing my girlfriend on the show because she's like, I don't, I don't, I didn't want people to think like that it was some sort of weird, like nepotism or like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 But like she came here when she moved here, she was like, I want to help with the shows in whatever way I can to, you know, and she was doing a lot of work behind the scenes. And then I felt like, you know, where I felt that other way at first, I felt like, oh, well, now I feel like she's doing all this work and not really getting credit for it. So I, I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, work her onto being like part of the show for not only to give her the credit that she deserves, but. Um, you know, this is a conversation that me and her have had privately in that, like, I am like sort of like grooming her to take over when I'm gone or, or, or not, oh God. Not, 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 not necessarily replace me with her, but like have her know how to actually like run the show. Just because business. I know you both like, and I've talked to you both and I'm like, I've, I've, you and I are, are fairly close to each other, so I feel I, when you just said that, I, my heart went <gasps> like, "What?" Like, but I understand. Like, I understand the planning aspect of it, but like, I guess what I so it sounds like you're not scared of the eventuality of dying because you've resigned to it. But are you? Is there a sense? Do you have like the sense that we all have right now with like Generation Z or the millennials who don't seem to give a fuck about what's happening? How do you feel about that? Like, do you? Would you? Do you want people to stay home and self-isolate? Do you want them to take it seriously? 
I mean, I think it would be nice just because, you know, it might not be affecting everyone the same, but it, but, you know, if you're bringing it to someone who it would affect, I think that, you know, you should kind of be doing like, here's the thing is that if they're saying like, Hey, everyone like do this for a month and it'll fucking minimize, you know, at least the curve of like cases where people are going to the hospital and it's taking attention away from someone who might actually need or be in a situation where it is fatal. Um, I think that it's like one of those things where, you know, yeah, maybe people should, you know, be like, Oh, well it's just a month that I have to like, you know, social distance myself. And like it, it's, you know, it would be nice to see less people being like, Oh, I, I don't care. Like, it's not going to affect me, whatever. Like it's not necessary. Like, yeah, you know what? It's not going to affect you, but like that's, you're not the person who, you're trying to protect in that situation. It's like, you know, it's not even saying it's someone like me, like, but someone like, you know, they have like people who are like older or like compromised in their family and like they could be fucking them over, you know, yeah. it's, I, I don't know. So it's just like, it's like, it's like one of those like socially disappointing things in the same way that like, you know, they used to have like hold executions in public and people would go there to watch them for entertainment. Like, it's like, it's just like, it's like, it's all that same sort of like selfish, mentality of like either it doesn't affect me or like it doesn't matter because it's not someone I know and then like you know but then those are kind of typically the same people who like you know when something horrible happens to them they're like oh well I didn't you know I didn't know and like like they don't they don't care until it affects them yeah. which 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 to be fair I'm not even saying that that makes people horrible people in terms of a general sense because you know sometimes we just don't consider things until we're in that situation well guess what folks you're in the situation so <laughs> prepare yourselves yeah. um um i have a couple more questions for you here what piece of advice would you give other immunocompromised disabled or disabled people going through this right now like if you could sit on the mic as dick wound as knowing what we know about you and having all, all of the things you ha have, what advice would you give them during this weird, crazy, fucked up time? That is so hard to answer. Just even just based on looking at the two of us as, as like samples, like, <laughs> you know, as, 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 as the mice in the cage of the situation, yeah. you know, Look at look at me versus you like you like I'm all right. I'm at home and I'm like, OK, everyone wash your hands, blah, 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 this and that. Like I like I already am a person who, you know, before all of this, I wash my hands before and after I go to the bathroom because I'm like, hey, like I got a bunch of like junk on my hands. I don't want to touch my dick with that. Like I've always been in like that, you know, kind of like in like wash your hands a lot mentality. But for me, I'm like, oh, OK, so make sure everyone washes their hands. Blah, blah blah this and that but you you know can you fucking reliably like take care of yourself in the same way that i can no no so like what what advice do i can i give that's not you know maybe good for someone who's in my position but not just a completely like uh uh you know dis uh, uh disingenuous to someone who's like you all right well let me let me rephrase the question then what <laughs> how would you what it's a tough question to rephrase. How would you calm another disabled person down about all this? How, like, what would you give them to make them feel safe in this situation? I don't know that I could make someone feel safe, to be honest, because my, again, like my way of coping with things and even like my resignation of like my mortality is so, you know, you're I mean, a dark, that, you're a dark motherfucker. Like, we, well, well, what do I do? Do I say like, you know, hey, be as careful as you can, but you know what? You might die. Like, that's not very comforting. Like, <laughs> and like, you know what? Like, weirdly enough for me, like that is comforting because I'm like, okay, you know what? It can happen. Like, and like, that's just the, the, the reality of the situation. And I look at it like that. And like, it's not like I don't want to comfort people, but I also don't want to give people some False, false sense of like everything's going to be okay because you know what it might not yeah yeah i don't know like it's well I, it's, it's, it's weird when you say that like it might not that makes that feels that's almost comforting to me too when you say like it could be okay but it might not like because then it takes control away from us 
like it takes not control away, but it takes like we don't have to worry so much because whatever comes comes. But like, as long as you do your best and you give it your best shot, like if we all go down, then we all go down. Yeah, I mean, it's this is like sort of related in a, in a way. I, a friend of mine um, got diagnosed with cancer. Um, I'm trying to think about two years ago, maybe, and she. You know, it, it, there was she was sick for a while, but but they thought it was something else. And then eventually when it came out, you know, it, it, you know, she had an operation and then the chemo and all this and that. And she hit me up and was like, hey, like, I know you don't have cancer, but like you, you know, have been in this weird medical situation for a long time. Like, how do you how do you deal with it? And, and you know, one of the things that I told her was like was like, you know, like. I can't tell you that you're going to be okay. Like I can tell you that like you're going to face some shit that's really fucking hard. And like a lot of, a lot of other people right now that are your friends and your family, they're going to, they're going to tell you like, Hey, like you're going to be okay. And they're going to say all these like really comforting things. And that's awesome that they're doing that. But you also need to hear that like, it might not be okay. And like, and like not necessarily that like, Oh, you're going to die. But like, it's going to be hard. Like you got sick, you, you got cancer. Like that was the easy part, you know, like that was the, 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 the easy part was the thing happened to you. Either you were, you were born with it or a thing happened, whatever that was, that was out of your control. That wasn't the hardest thing that you've ever had to face. The hardest thing you're going to have to face is living with it now. And like all of the things that come along with that, you know, your, your own brain playing mind games on you and, and, and things like that. Like, you know, you need to prepare yourself for that. And like, but also like, you know, I was like, you have a lot of people in your life telling you like, Hey, you're going to be okay. And be that supportive person. Like I can be the supportive person for you on the other end of that when things are bad. And like, I'll be here for you and listen to you and like all of that, but I'm not going to tell you, Hey, everything's going to be okay because I don't know. And I feel like that, like that conversation with her, you know, it, it, she, she came back to me like a few months later and like was, and was like, that was, that was the best conversation that I had with anybody because it was the most honest. And like, you know, and she was like, it was really hard to hear, but it, you know, it prepared me. And I think that, that if you relate that to what we're talking about now, it's sort of the same thing. Like I can't, I can't, because I know how wrong things can go, I can't be that person that's going to just say like, "Hey, it's going to be all right" or or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. that makes sense. And I think, again, as you said that, Dick, there's like a weird sense of comfort that came over me as you were talking. I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, if the whole world goes to shit, we gave like again, we gave it a shot. We tried. It is what it is. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, how much of it is how much of it is is even in our control at a certain point? Like, I mean, and I mean, I know that we're. T- <laughs> We're talking about this, and we're 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 trying to you know be like oh you know let's let's make our time and self isolate and do all these precautious things. And here I am. I feel like at the end I'm like fuck it. You never know. It might happen anyway. Like, <laughs> but I mean it's true. It's true. And like not to be like a dick, but like that's like that's the cold reality of it. The irony being, of course, that your name is Dick Wound. Um, <laughs> no, but I think that you know I think these why I wanted to bring people together for this little series that I totally created out of boredom and I was like, I can create more content around this because it's important. So, like, I, But I do think it's important that like we hear from other disabled people who who have differing opinions on this and your opinion is valid and I think that it's important that you, sh- you, you have a platform to share that. So thanks for that. My last question for you is what advice would you give to non-disabled or immunocompromised people who have never experienced social distancing who've never experienced being stuck in their house for two plus months more who've never experienced all this what what would you say to them uh i think you know if you're having trouble struggling with it with with the fact with the actual doing it uh is to you know think about someone in your life who might benefit from from your doing this and keep that as your motivation uh you know like i said you know a lot of people who might not be affected by it might affect other people and you know we don't typically want to hurt the ones we love unless it's like in a 
fun kinky way uh you know but but i mean like truly like bring someone harm we don't want to do that you know uh so i think keeping that in mind is is probably something that everyone should be able to relate to and if they can't then like i don't know you kind of don't deserve people in your life in a way (laughs) you know like i mean if you're not gonna if you're not gonna you know think about keeping people you know safe and you know helping the ones you love like what like what 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 are you doing anyway yeah, like, like, what the fuck are you doing on, on the in the world um okay so do you have any questions for me about covid or anything that you wanted me to share with you or anything that any anything else uh not anything like specific but i mean like uh, uh, tell me like, I guess, cause you were asking me all those questions, like what, and I know that, you know, you, you kind of mentioned like you too, like not much has changed because of your, you know, your normal lifestyle, but like, what's it, what has it been like for you? It's been, it's definitely a mind fuck. Um, I was t- saying to another, the other podcaster, Aaron, Aaron Pym, like an hour ago that I can't, I can't just easily call First up- of all. First of all, stop rubbing it in my face that you just talked to Aaron. She's listen, listen. She's, listen, no, 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 no. You listen, you listen. listen. You know, you know, you know how much of a crush I have on her, and you never fail to mention every time we fucking talk. You never fail to well, mention. Oh, it's this. because you know what though? No, 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 no. You just you every time we talk, you just have talked to her, and it's because you fucking you're like, oh, you know what? I want to talk to Dick later. I'm gonna talk to Aaron first so I can rub it in his face. No, fuck, didn't. fuck you. <laughs> No, so <laughs> we actually were talking about you, about how having her on your show um, for this COVID thing. So be you're on her short list. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, <laughs> I don't do that. We love you. So <laughs> so we were. I was talking about how I can't hire. I can't just call up my sex workers and say Do you want to have a session. Like right. I can't do that. I have to. Um, be very aware of like my my changes in my body i have to be very aware of what my attendants are doing i have to be very aware of like the people that come in and out of here i i can't really go not that i did go out a lot anyway before but i can't just pop to the bank if i wanted to i can't just go yeah. for a walk like i could but i am concerned that i might contract it so i'm very like i haven't left my house in 9 or 10 days and it's partially because I'm like I don't want to. I just don't want to get sick. Yeah, right. What What about your disability? Is it that makes you so compromised to the to all this? Respiratory specifically. Oh, uh, uh, respiratory. Okay, gotcha. Just because I'm I, I'm sitting and I my lungs were not as developed when I was born. Right. So I feel like I have normal lung function, but I don't actually. Um, and I've also had double pneumonia in the past okay because when i was in my 20s i was a stupid stupid kid and decided that it would be a great idea to go outside in the winter without coats like (laughs) a nerd and i got walking pneumonia for a good long time and then so you know i i'm just i have a lot of things that could really get me and i just i'm trying to be an adult this time and not be like oh whatever i'm trying to be very cognizant of that it could it could really affect me yeah, sure, sure. What is um? What's your like hand washing protocol? Like, are you able to do that on your own? No. So no. what? I, what I have to do then with a with a with the workers, I get them to. I I bought a lot of gauze for my other care stuff that I need, so I get them to get a piece of gauze, get some hand soap, wipe my hands with the gauze, like wipe each finger with the gauze, wipe uh-huh. my palms and my the front of my hands with the gauze and throw it out so that they don't have to touch it again so that it's not on like a cloth somewhere so that it's just thrown away or i put my hands in a basin and just like play around in the in the water for a few minutes and like douse my hands with the water mhm okay now what other uh what other things like w- due to your like limited mobility are uh like harder for you right now not too much really i mean i like most of my routine is the same okay minus like i can't i'm just trying to think what i can and can't do right like i can't i can't put on a pair of gloves myself because of my dexterity in my hands 
uh-huh. I can't put on a mask myself if I wanted to wear one. So I'd need somebody for that, which then kind of defeats the purpose of wearing a mask if somebody has to sure. put, like, put it on for you. So um, stuff like that. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I have run out of all the questions I was going to ask you, but this was a really fun <laughs> conversation. Uh, it was nice to reconnect with you and have thanks for coming on this weird bonus show that I didn't even know I was going to do until I started doing them. And now here they are. We're on episode three of Quarantine and Chill. So thanks for coming on. Um, how yeah. can, because I want to support, I want to get people to support what you do if they're able to. How can they follow your work? How can they support you? Oh, um, well, I'm on, uh, for people that are on Twitter, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Dick Wound, I think, is just my my at, I guess you would call it, the at thing. I'm really bad with, with so- social media stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, your Twitter yeah, handle is Dick Wound. At, at Dick Wound, yeah, okay. And then uh, the off-the-cuffs one is at OCP Kink. And then for my other podcast, Being There, um, which is not necessarily sex-related. It's kind of in every – it's kind of stories about everything. But uh, that's at Being There Pod. And those are the projects that I work on. But also um, in during all this, you know, you're talking about doing this for – you know, you didn't realize you were going to do this until, you know, all this happened. But um, one of the things that – uh, off the cuffs does and uh, for people who are in the kink community of your listeners already probably know what a munch is but um, for people that uh, might not uh, so like a, a munch is is like a it's a event where it'll happen at a say a bar or a restaurant and it's in a public place like where vanilla people uh, would gather normally or non-kinky people would gather normally but then like a bunch of kinky people will meet say at a table or a corner or whatever and it's a place where people can like meet up and socialize with other people that are into say like kink interests or things like that but don't it's not a play party it's not like people aren't spanking each other or doing things it's just a regular meetup where you can socialize and get to know people say before you're going to go meet them at a dungeon and play or something like that it's just a it's just a good way to be social and kind of vet people and and not even just to vet people but just to socialize with other like-minded people right and and because of events you know like play parties orgies uh uh classes like all things like that are being canceled right now munches are also getting canceled and that's something that a lot of people look forward to on a weekly basis and uh, off the cuffs, we have a, a Patreon page, and and what we do is, you know, once every month or two, or three, I guess, because you know time gets in the way, we do a virtual munch uh, through Zoom, which is a video conferencing uh, platform, and it can host up to a hundred people in the chat at a time. So we were doing that for our Patreon donors for. Uh, you know, the past year or so. And with all this happening, we opened that up to uh, everyone now. So we're doing it every week, every Friday at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, New York time, uh, for, for at 8 o'clock till like, you know, 10, 30, 11, whatever. Um, we're hosting this uh, uh, virtual munch where people could just come and hang out and talk. And we, we talk about, you know, kink stuff, you know, media that we've been watching, anything really. It's just... Um, a place where people can being stuck at home now still feel like there's some sense of socialization and normalcy uh, to their lives. And uh, we're trying to kind of give that back for, for as long as this is going on, we're going to be doing it free uh, to the public because um, it, it just, it needs, you know, there needs to be some sense of, of uh, normalcy to people's lives and community yeah. too. And I mean, I think it, it's a really sure. cool yeah. way of bringing community together. So I'll make sure that that's, all in the show notes for this bonus episode. Uh, Dick Wound, you're a fucking crazy motherfucker. And uh, thank you for supporting what I do in this show so much. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on again. I'm sure I'll find some debauched reason to have you on again at some point. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was great. And uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back if we both survive the apocalypse. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. If we both, then maybe not. Maybe if we, maybe if both of us are out of here, then we'll do it in the in wherever we go after that. Yeah, or whoever takes over for us. Correct. They'll have I, to, you know. Yeah. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't picked my disability after dark replacement. I should think about that. Um, that was a weird morbid end. But uh, all right. So 
this has been an, another episode of Quarantine and Chill. Thank you to my guest, my impromptu guest, Dick Wound, for coming on episode three. And um, we'll be back Thursday and Friday for a new batch of episodes. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right, friends. So that was episode number three of Quarantine and Chill, the bonus batch of episodes I'm doing to give you some extra content because I have a lot of fucking time that I'm sitting here quarantining and self-isolating and social distancing. Um, I want to thank my guest Dick Wound for coming on today and being so candid about his worries and fears and discomforts around COVID and how he is social distancing. He's a great podcast host and he was a great guest the last time and he was a great guest this time too. So thanks, Dick. Um... I, I want also to let you know that if you need anything from me, you can follow me on my social media channels. My social media name has finally come to a final name change. I know over the last few weeks I've been changing it a bunch and I was trying to figure out which one I liked. Finally and quite simply, you can follow me on all social media channels, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Andrew underscore Gerza. That's A-N-D-R-E-W underscore g-u-r-z-a on all the social medias uh twitter and instagram because those are the most important ones we use right now you can follow me there if you want to dm me or you have any fears about covid19 as a disabled person my my dms are open i want to talk to you i want to be uh be a, a listening ear for you i want to be something you can express concern to i want to do that for you so Slide into my DMs, y'all, and if you want to have a sexy chat too, we can do that too. I'm, no, no, I'm kidding. But if you wanna, if you wanna come on and talk about COVID in my DMs or express a worry or a fear, I'm here for you. And um, if you wanna follow my work, otherwise, you can go to www.andrewgerza.com. Follow my work there. I'm also available to give digital talks to your group or your school, or anyone, All because we're all moving digitally right now, I'm willing to give digital talks to anyone who will have me. Um, so if you want to come on, if you want to, sorry, if you want to have me come on your digital platform and talk about disability, sexuality, and everything in between, I'm willing to do that at discounted rates. Hit me up in the DMs and let me know, or send me an email directly at andrewandandrewgerza.com. Let me know if you want to work together on something, and that'd be great. Uh, what else am I doing? I'm also going to do, I wanted to let you know, lastly, before I say goodbye, I'm doing a weekly disability history class kind of thing, where I do some disability history over Instagram Live every Friday at 3 o'clock. I'm going to do a, a live history thing. So email me at... AndrewAndrewGerza.com, DisabilityAfterDark at gmail.com, whatever, in any of those places, let me know what things you'd want me to review for a disability history class over Instagram, and we'll do that, because I love history, and it would be a fun thing to do. So, every Friday, 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, for the length of this fun quarantine, that's what I'm working on. But, uh, thank you for coming to Quarantine and Chill, episode 3. Um, that's it, and I hope you're staying comfy, cozy, crippled, and quarantined, and we'll be back next week for our regular episode on Thursday and in quarantine and chill on Friday. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuji. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be distributed or used without express permission. Copyright 2020.